Hello and welcome to the Cycling Central Tour de France podcast. I'm Philip Gomes and with me are to my left, Anthony Tan, and to my right, Jamie Finch Penninger. Overnight, Ilner Zakharin of Katusha won the 17th stage of the tour, while Team Sky's Chris Froome kept the overall leader's yellow jersey. And while Froome appears to have a lock on a third title, a podium place is in sight for Australia's Richie Port, even as one slips away for pre-tour favourite Nara Quintana. Froome dropped his main rivals in the finale of the 184km stage in a ridiculously scenic Switzerland, and finished on the wheel of former teammate Port, who got the party started. The Tassie Devil, see what I did there, climbed from 7th to 6th overall, but he's still 4 minutes 27 seconds behind Froome, but it's looking good. The result has given Port sole BMC leadership from uh, from Switzerland to Paris after TJ Van Garderen cracked on the same climb. Quintana, Nara Quintana had uh, a shocker by his standards. It really wasn't a shocker, really, but, you know, he's, he fell off the pace. Remains fourth, but he's looking like he's bought and brought a knife to a gunfight. Uh, and Tinkoff's Raffle Micah strengthened his lead in the mountains classification and looks likely to wear the polka dots in Paris, which is a fantastic result for Tinkoff, who also have the green jersey wrapped up with none other than Peter Sagan. So, Anthony, your thoughts on that eventful but ultimately uneventful stage, or was it really? Yeah, there was a lot of things that happened. Uh, I guess uh, Zacharin, for me, that was a pretty good comeback given that, you know, he broke his collarbone about a month before on the Col de Agnello, uh, the same climb that saw the undoing of uh, Stephen Crowsweg. Uh So, yeah, I mean, if any stage finishes uphill, it's good for Zacharin because his pedaling style almost makes Chris Froome look like a peddler de charme. An elegant rider. Yeah. Yes. yes. Well, well Zacharin's really ugly. Uh <laughs> So the GC, though, I mean, I mean, how, how much do we talk about? We keep talking about, I keep talking about Sky, how good they are. I mean, there's no other team which has centred their entire season around, around one race like Sky do. And Poles is magnificent. He's riding better than I've ever seen him at a Grand Tour. Um, you know, Movistar and Astana are riding almost like Sky are, they almost seem to be like Sky domestiques in a way and I almost feel like this is a tour of super domestiques but the the, the leaders haven't really performed aside from uh, Molima and Froome. Uh, you know, Quintana for some reason or the other, we don't know the explanation, he's fallen short. You know, some of the other guys, Van Garderen, um, Bardet hasn't really impressed me. So, yeah, I don't want to say the tour's over but I almost feel like it is. Jamie? Yeah, well, Tanny brought up an interesting point there with Astana's tactics. I thought they were setting up for something big last night. They had two guys in the breakaway, Lutsenko and Kangert, and they were riding tempo um, up those final two climbs, and they'd actually set up um, the break previously by riding quite hard and stopping any moves going before that. And I thought that they were going to set it up for Aru, but uh, once Diego Rosa was the last guy um, to set the pace up the climb. He, once he pulled off, um, Aru kind of looked around, saw three Sky guys still in front of Froome and went, oh, no, okay, not going to do that today. And, yeah, it was a bit of an anticlimax, wasn't it? Because I was expecting something from that. And I think Astana is going to be quite unhappy sitting around the dinner table um, with Aru because he didn't, he didn't even try. Yeah, I, I, for me it feels that 
the I guess the ride of the day among the GC guys was Richie. However, uh, for me, he went to he went too late. I mean, he's he's running out of road. If you look at the mountain stages to come, okay, the time trial, um, the technical director Gouverneur, who designed the course, is saying that he doesn't expect large time gaps between the GC guys. I sort of disagree with that in part. Um, but then the following stage, we have a mountain top finish. But then the following stage, we the final climb, the, the Jules Plan. Uh, which almost saw the undoing of Armstrong back in, I think, 2003. Anyway, that finishes down in Morzine. So really, that's it. More might be decided on the descent rather than the climb. Well, I mean, what do we make of uh, of Quintana here? Uh, we're going to get back to talking about Port uh, a little bit, but um, what do we make of Quintana here? Because, you know, post-race, the quotes from him were, you know, it wasn't a great day, I expect to do better because my feelings were good. But my body did not react well to today's final climbs, which, of course, we can attribute that to, you know, a bit of that uh, post-rest day thing that happens to some riders. Um, but he also went on to say something which I thought was uh, was a little bit odd, and uh, I, wrote a, I wrote a quick blog about it. It's on the website. You can, um, you can have a look. Uh, he said, there are many years left for me. I'm 26. Many people ahead of me in the standings quite more experienced. I've got more time to keep fighting for it. And... I just kind of thought, well, mate, you've already finished twice on the tour. You've won a Giro, right? Okay, you're 26, but really, you're a veteran Tour de France tour, grand tour performer. Uh, those kinds of comments, I think, uh, suggest that he just doesn't have it this year. Well, maybe Froome's got the mental edge over him. Every time he's come second, it's been Froome in front of him, and maybe he just doesn't feel that like he can beat beat the British guy. So... I oh, know it, it does seem a very negative attitude to take, given the talent he's the talent he's clearly got. It's it's going to be interesting to see if he can manage to you know win the Tour de France later on, because we see a lot of riders who you know don't go on. I mean, everyone thought Andy Schleck was going to be going to go and win a million Tour de France's, but no, he didn't go on from that. And where's he now? So. And and actually, that's the point I made in the blog, which I said you know the reality is is that. It's not enough to wait out uh, Froome and the Skytrain at its peak uh, because for as long as that team continues, he's going to face the same task. And at some point, yeah, okay, Froome's going to be replaced by whoever the next British rider de jour that's going to be. And that'll be maybe one of, one of the Yates brothers or both of them. And the team is going to continue to invest in some heavy-duty talent to, to support those riders. So none of that changes. So where does that leave somebody like Quintana? I mean, he, he, he literally can't, he can't do this. He has to start thinking about some other options, I reckon. Yeah, I, I felt, felt that the first week and a half, it was almost like he was riding a tandem with Froome. You, you hardly saw him. Uh, the alarm bell started ringing for me on the stage where, you know, Froome got in that break with Sagan on the, on the flat stage, I think, to Montpellier. Uh, and then he started complaining about the wins and the organisers should have done something to change the course. That was the conditions. It wasn't to do with the course. Uh, and uh, then Quintana, perhaps every... I, I know, you know, you put him almost as one hand on the trophy with that blog you wrote before the <laughs> tour, and I almost didn't really disagree with you, Phil, because it, it looked... He looked that ominous. Uh, however... I don't don't know whether Quintana is a a type of guy who does long range attacks. Even though 
or or his it's his style of riding is conducive to long range attacks because the stage that he won at the Giro it was a product of circumstance he took advantage of circumstances and and if you take out that stage from that Giro that he won uh, in fact, Rigoberto Uran would have won the Giro. So he took advantage of the conditions in a, in a moment of confusion. And, and, and yes, and, and there was a lot of controversy around that as well as whether or not he should have gone. Mm. Um, there were a lot of people unhappy that he went. Uh, so it, it wasn't really clear cut in that he dominated everyone. It was taking advantage of a specific set of circumstances. Yeah, yeah and mm-hmm. then uh, then 2013 Tour de France, the moment that he did attack was on the last mountain stage to Anonsi. Okay, well, Froome was like three and a half minutes in front. Then, of course, sort of Froome let him go a bit. Uh, so I don't know. I think people making out Quintana is perhaps more of a rider than he actually is more more audacious more um more pugnacious than he actually is no i, I think that's the thing is that I, I know what you mean and and i'll put it this way um he, he gets a certain he has a bit of a, a, let, a get out of jail free card early in the career and quite often with young riders we don't know how they're going to fully develop into what kind of a rider they're going to turn out to be so say for some for example someone like julian alaphilippe uh, at the moment, seemingly, he can do just about anything. It was the same situation with Peter Sagan when he was younger. People were like, what kind of rider is he going to be? A classic guy, a GC guy, whatever. Um, with Nauro, we know he's a clear GC rider. That's, there's no question about that. But is he going to be a Tour de France winner? He has, he has weaknesses, but are his strengths enough to offset that? But maybe we find we get a situation where at 26, is it possible that maybe he's reached the peak of his abilities? You see, yeah. that's that's some, somehow some that's that's a danger. Yeah, him. I'm not disputing he's not a, a beautiful climber, but you know, I remember you know if I I was at the 2013 Tour de France and when I saw Froome win and the way he won, I thought this guy can win six more tours. And for me, when I saw the way that Quintana won the Giro or the way he came second, I didn't think, oh, this guy will trump for him anytime soon there's 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 a lot for me there's a lot more drive in in Froome and uh, you can't fault the way Sky Sky ride the way they do because it wins Grand Tours um Jamie one of the interesting things I think to come out of the stage uh for me anyway is that uh Richie Port is a three-week bike rider and he seems to have uh pushed that that kind of you know drifting off kind of thing that he ha- that does happen to him in previous tours. He looks, out of all those riders, with the exception of Froome, out of all those riders, he looks awesome. Yeah, certainly on the climbs he has looked not peerless because Froome's been right next to him every time, but he he looks like either, either the best climber or the next best climber because he's been right up there and he's been he's been making moves. He's been attacking off the front when it when it's been his turn. I. I think he does need uh, to go a bit more attacking. It'll be interesting to see how it fin- finish, how it looks after the mountain time trial tonight. I think he'll take quite a bit of, of time on guys like Mollimer, Yates, and pretty much everyone above him in the in the GC. So it'll be interesting to see where the time shakes out after that and how much he does need to attack because, you know, 20, 40, 20 seconds, 30 seconds, 40 seconds here and there, it's not going to quite... Um, to take back the time that he needs to get on the podium at this stage. He needs to take big chunks. 
Yeah, he's still, Phil, he's still two minutes behind um, Balka Molema, you know, who's second overall, who's two minutes and 27 seconds behind Froome. I mean, Yates doesn't, he, he's the revelation of the Tour de France. He doesn't look like uh, he's he's slowing up. In fact, he, he rode, you know, magnificently last night to Fino Amazon and, and, you know, just lost nine seconds to Port. Doesn't he look incredibly mature? On the bike, Yates. It's it's amazing how calm he's maintained himself, despite having no teammates around him at all. When it, once it gets to the high mountains, he just looks so mature. Yeah, I think this OGE team it also comes down to no pressure. So I'm not sure if people say, "Oh, does he have leadership qualities?" I, I don't know. That will come when you you lead a Grand Tour. I think for me, that's why you know this tour is so important for Richie Port because this is the first tour where he's gone in as a bona fide leader. So yeah, Yates, I mean, geez, Sky must be sort of waving the checkbook. Well, what what about the Giro last year, Tanny? Port went in as the leader there. Yes, and... Uh, he, he, did, he didn't go well, but uh, yes. he, he went in as the leader. Yeah, I, I guess for the leader for the maybe for the Giro is is almost secondary, though, to Sky. They've never really... Con- I mean, look at what happened with Lander. You know, he, he... I'm sure there was a word put in his ear saying, well, perhaps you should contemplate pulling out because it has it's happened before where they said, well, you need to be good in July for Froomey and if you're not, well, maybe your contract might not be renewed. Um, I guess we should take a look at... Uh at this time trial stage, uh, usually with time trial stage, there's not much to talk about. But leading from that from that port discussion, and as you mentioned earlier, we've got uh, Balka Malama, Adam Yates, Nara Quintana, Roman Bardet ahead of Richie Port. I think it's fair to say that the top two time trialists in this scenario is Richie Port and, of course, Chris Froome. So we're going to expect those two guys to do particularly well in this in this in this stage. Um, how do we see this thing shaking out? I mean, it's just a rider against the clock, so it's strength and et cetera, but, you know. Well, I think we see the rules change when it becomes a mountain time trial. It's about who's the best climber, essentially, and it's normally the winner of the tour who, um, of the Grand Tour who takes the win in the mountain time trial. Um, not- notable recent exception being uh, Filiferov winning the Giro time trial. Um, actually, maybe the best, less said about that, the better. Um <laughs> But, uh, Russ Velo. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, but Kruzweik was right up there, and he looked the strongest climber in the on the in the tour. And in the past, we've seen you know Quintana's the, those sort of people win the stages. Yeah, I th- probably have to be a little careful with just casting a blank over entire Russian <laughs> rise because you know has has anything really y- at y- this stage of the game. Yeah, I, I've well even in cycling. Otherwise, well, we might as well not award any type of give any due uh you know compliment to Zacharin. i mean what, 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 where, where do we go where do we go with this i mean it's kind of uh look I, i'm as cynical as you are phil <laughs> perhaps more so even you know because i spent you know seven years of my life over in europe covering these races so i i just don't know where to tread with this one because we don't know exactly which athletes we just know there's a whole bunch of athletes. But if there is one thing we can say is in all likelihood, Russian cyclists are way cleaner than any other Russian athlete. How's that? 
<laughs> which is Particularly insane. Track and field. Because, okay, let's go with precedent with the uphill time trial. The last uphill time trial was in the 2004 uh, Tour de France, right? So we might as well not even talk. Uh, I'm not even going to talk about that or write about that in my preview because it's kind of, a, you, you could say it's irrelevant. But then at the same time, uh, 90% or more were taking drugs at the time. So perhaps there is some sort of context there. And then... Um, this time trial isn't, it is uphill, but it's not strictly, it's, it's not, a, they're not doing a coal, you know, it's, there's two climbs in it and it's, it's probably the uneven gradient that's going to catch a lot of people out. And then with these back, you know, time trials, which are in this, uh, the third week of the Tour de France, it comes down not so much to time trial ability or climbing ability, but just residual energy. So we saw that on the climb last night. If you don't have the energy, it doesn't matter how good you are, you, you, you might be Nara Quintana. If you don't have it, you don't have it. And this is what happened to Quintana. Are we expecting, so we are expecting uh, some pretty big time losses tonight with some, from some riders? Yes, I, I expect a big shake-up on the GC. I think the top, the top climbers will take minutes on, on, the, on the people who aren't feeling it on that day and because they, they can't hide in that group and wait for the last few kilometres and then get spat out the back. They have to do everything by themselves. So I think we'll find that a lot of people fall a long way down the general classification. So the only certainty we have is that Chris Froome will be in first place at the end of uh, Stage 18. Well, there's, you know, people are saying that the closest time trial to this one tonight was the one in the 2013 tour. It was Stage 17 and, uh, well, Froome won that time trial quite convincingly. So it was like there was two hills in that time trial. It wasn't almost all uphill like tonight. So, I mean, you'd have to put your money on Froome. Uh, any picks before we go? Well, other other than Froome, uh, maybe uh, I remember, yeah, three years ago, Kreuzinger did very well in this time trial. So maybe I'll pick him as second. Okay, I'll take Richie Port. Why not? Climbing amazingly so far. Give him a, give him a shot at the win. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm thinking Port as well. And uh, are we all expecting Port to be on the podium uh, after tonight? Not after tonight. I think um, by Paris. I'm not I'm not going to even say by Paris because there's actually you know with respect there's some pretty decent quality of riders. Uh, ahead of him, I, I think he, he he'll need to, as Froome actually alluded to in the rest day interview, Richie will need to make some big moves to finish on the podium. Yeah, I, I don't think he can quite take the two minutes back on Molimo or the one forty five. I think it is to Yates that he needs on tonight's stage. But yeah, I mean he's he's on his way to the podium certainly. Okay, and uh, on that note, uh, we'll end. Uh, just a reminder to tune in to SBS at 10 p.m. tonight uh, and also streaming in the Skoda Tour Tracker and enjoy the scenery because seriously this finishing town in Switzerland is amazingly beautiful. <laughs>